630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Yes, there is a storm rolling in. You heard Thomas say in the newscast, possibly West Edmonton going to get the most of it. Uh, I am in my home in Macaulay here near Commonwealth Stadium, and I I can hear some thunder in the distance, so I don't know if it's going to roll in here but definitely something hitting at least West Edmonton. Kellen, you're there. Yep. Uh, obviously, the 630 Ched Broadcasting Compound, kind of just north of Mill Woods there on Roman mm-hmm. Road. Do you get anything there? Yeah, we're just getting uh, the pitter-patter of raindrops right now, but uh, I'll let you know if there's a light show along with that. Right now, no light show. So <laughs> I, don't I don't think it's actually raining here. No, hmm. but I can hear a lot of thunder in the distance. So, yeah, something coming in. Be safe. Be smart if uh, if you're out there for sure. And uh, we'll keep you updated on our news and weather throughout the evening here on 630 Shed. And uh, as I usually do, if there are if there are severe storms or severe weather, then I'll talk about it during Inside Sports as well. I think we're we're okay with periodic updates, but definitely there is something uh, hitting the Edmonton area. Absolutely. Oil Kings face off in an hour. Andrew Peart is going to join us in about 15 minutes. He's their play-by-play voice. Also, the Oil Kings game is on television at 8 o'clock. It's on TSN 3 if you get that channel. So uh, remember that. The Blue Jays lost this afternoon 8-4 to Kansas City. Uh, The Edmonton Stingers are tipping off against the Montreal Alliance tonight uh, at the Expo Center. Riverhawks, I don't don't know if they're playing. See if they got an update on Twitter. I don't don't know what kind of uh, weather they'd be getting at REMAX Field. Just seeing if they've announced anything. Hopefully they can get the game in, but I mean, if there's the lightning in the area, then they got to be careful. But uh, the Riverhawks uh, are supposed to be starting a game right about now against the Portland Pickles. So quick, uh, quick lowdown there. Elks coming up on Saturday at the BC Lions. It's on 6.30, Chet. 6.30 for the countdown to kick off the game is at 8. Elks receiver Manny Arsenal will join us after the 7.30 news here on Inside Sports. It's going to be fun to uh, talk to that veteran receiver who already has a great CFL career under his belt, going to try to add to it with the green and gold. Okay, 780-496-0063 if you want to get in touch. That is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Had some uh, good calls in the first half hour. I asked people, if you were conducting an exit interview with an Oilers player, pick the player, and what would you say to that player? We had a couple guys talking to Jesse Pugliarvi. One guy talked to Darnell Nurse. One guy talked to Zach Cassian. You can still jump in on that if you like. Uh, Kellen, do you have any other uh, – did we get any more body checking messages and anything else you want to read? Um, nothing on body checking, but just general uh, stuff in, in relation to the Oilers here. But uh, um, we had an anonymous text come in that said, uh, ever thought about getting rid of Dustin Schwartz and, and uh, possibly Mike Smith replacing him as goalie coach? I don't, well, I don't know what Mike Smith wants to do if he wants to be. I mean, Mike Smith, like I said yesterday, he sounded like if I had to place a wager, and I don't, and I don't often place wagers, but if I did, it sounded like he sounded like a player who maybe couldn't mentally and physically put him through, put himself through the rigors of a full NHL season again. Having said that, he's uh, saying that within 24 hours of being eliminated from the postseason in pretty disappointing fashion. I, I don't know what Mike Smith is going to do post-career. Quite frankly, I think Smith would make a good broadcaster. He knows the game well. He's well-spoken. He's, he's got a sense of humor. He's, he's outgoing. I, I think he'd make a good broadcaster if he wanted to do that. 
Mm-hmm. Well, Reed, if you wanted to make a wager, uh, there's no less of like a billion websites <laughs> that we found out during the uh, Stanley Cup yeah. uh, playoffs and that stuff. Definitely for sure. On, on I the think television. you have to live in Ontario for most of them, though, don't you? Yeah, which was always kind of weird. But hey, they do what they do. It's All a- right, and we have Brian calling in as well. Yeah, let's get to Brian. Brian, thank you for calling. Go ahead. Hey, Reed, how's it going tonight? Quite well. That um, I'd like to pose a question to you, okay. and it's we <laughs> we you and me and and even Rob when after games we've talked about officiating a few times, and my question to you is with the amount of missed calls, like I know, and now granted it's been oh a year or forty since I've played hockey in in league, but. Um, when I was in the minors, the referees called the game according to the book. A high stick was a high stick, uh, you know, and that was when it was at shoulder height. Cross check was a cross check. Didn't matter if the back was turned or front. It if you if you came across with the cross check at shoulder height and hit the guy, end of story. It was it was a two minute penalty. Now. I'm going to assume, and you know, so know what they say about assuming, but I'm going to assume that the refereeing in the minor leagues are is, is pretty much the same way. They call the game according to the rule. They don't manage the game or try to manage the game. So uh, basically what I'm asking you is, in your opinion, do you feel that with the NHL calling the game as they do, does that set a bad example to kids that are playing the game and going, well, gee, he gets to do it, but I don't. I've never thought about that. I I actually, and I know you and I have talked, Brian, and you probably know what I'm going to say. I still think <laughs> NHL referees are, are very, very good. I think, personally, I have more problems with the rules than I do with rule enforcement. I think, yes, sometimes refs miss calls or, or make bad calls. I still think in the NHL it doesn't happen often. I think that there were a lot of very well-refereed Oilers games in the playoffs. I think the biggest controversy was a call by a linesman, not the referee. I would change some of the language of the rule book to say you cannot cross-check somebody in the back, no matter how hard it is or where it is on the ice. I would say that if a forechecking player is even with you as a defenseman, you must release him and let him chase the puck. Otherwise, it's interference. I don't think those things are in the rule book, and therefore they're not called. I, and, and you know what? I would, I would agree with you that the way the wording is, um, I, I think a perfect example was that offside play. I mean, no, you know, have, like, some people read it as, okay, this is offside. And other people didn't. So uh, I appreciate your comment, as I always do, and I totally respect it. Thank you so much. No, I, I appreciate talking to you, Brian. Brian calls in regularly. always has something interesting to say. Um, yeah, and I've said this to you folks before. I Like, I could probably do 80% of the shows I host just on refereeing. <laughs> because people always have a gripe about the referee, and they usually think it's against their team. 
Um, when we talk about it, we try to talk about it intelligently. And I'm, I, Brian did. I think Brian raised some interesting points. I, I'm not sure I really have an answer to Brian's question directly because I haven't thought about it too much. Um, everybody, every fan, I think, has an individual standard for how they would like to see the game called and what's a penalty and what isn't. I've said it dozens of times. I would, I would prefer hockey with less cross-checking not just along the boards, but in front of the net and wherever, like little shots on the arm to try to get away from the guy, all that type of stuff. And, and, but especially in the back. The way I look at it, if you're cross-checking a player in the back, he has beat you to that position. So you should have to try to regain that position with a move that is considered legal in the rule book. Because cross-checking actually is illegal, but they, they allow a lot of it to go if it's not that bad that's my gripe and i know for a fact other people are fine with it i've asked kelly rudy about it he's he's fine with those little cross checks and the the jockeying for position rob brown doesn't like it as much a lot of people complain about interference a lot of people complain about slashing and sometimes the slashing is confusing Zach, zach cassian got a penalty early in the first period of game four that that technically was a slash but you could probably watch the game and find more severe slashes that weren't called because the player didn't lose control of the puck. So is the standard the slash or is the standard the result of the play? Now, maybe some of that could be clarified. I don't necessarily think it's just bad officiating. I think sometimes the rules need to be clarified or there needs to be a a standard that's more strictly clarified. That's how I look at it. I I do think it's interesting to talk about. And and I I find rules and the... uh, minutia of the rule book and the rare cases and the exceptions. I find that stuff interesting to read and to analyze. I don't dive into it too much on air because quite frankly, I know most of you already know what a big geek I am and I don't need to take it any further (laughs) by completely dissecting the, the rules of whatever sport. But, but I do think it's important to talk about because I think the feeling that a game is going to be, uh, officiated to a, a certain standard night after night, game after game. I do think that affects enjoyment of a game. So I don't have a problem talking about it. I just don't like talking about it. Well, all refs are corrupt and the league is stupid and refs are stupid because it's, it's, it's much more complex and layered than that. And as, as the game changes, I, I think the, the rules need to change because, you know, players are, are different. They have different body types, different school skill sets, different things are emphasized in the game of hockey than, 30 years ago. So are the rules doing an adequate job keeping up? And I do believe right now we are shifting into a more offensive era. I, I, I don't think it's going to be a three, two league. I think it's going to be a four, three league. I think you're probably going to have to score four or five to win more nights than you did in the past. Um, so as the offensive players push it and try new things, uh, how will the rule book react, right? Where are they going to make it easier on the defenders or are they going to say, you know what, like let these guys fly? If if Connor McDavid or Nathan McKinnon is has dumped the puck in and is forechecking, you cannot lay a hand on him. He's he's faster. He should have the right to get to the puck first. Anyway, I didn't realize we we're going to go down that path tonight. Though I again, I do kind of enjoy it, but I'll try to limit how much we talk about it because you're probably rolling your eyes at me. Uh, Andrew Peart will check in from the Oil Kings game in Seattle.
All right, let's go to Seattle. He's currently balancing on top of the Space Needle, getting ready to call the game tonight. It's Andrew Peard, Oil Kings play-by-play voice. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Reed. Uh, thanks for having me on. And, you know, it's a little windy up here, but, uh, you know, I'll do what I can. <laughs> You'll get to the arena in time. Thanks for checking in. I know your broadcast is coming up. Uh, you'll, you'll start in about uh, you start in half an hour on oilkings.ca, and then the game's at 8. You betcha. Yeah, right at uh, about 7.45 local time. We'll be on the air and ready to get her going. Okay, I won't keep you for too long. Uh, tell me about the game last night, first of all. Yeah, it was a good one for the Edmonton Oil Kings. You know, they, they came in here. It was a hostile environment. They had the, the place packed, and it was a, a raucous crowd. But I think Edmonton did a great job of coming out very physically and, and trying to take the crowd out of it as much as they could. Um, Sebastian Costa was really good in the first period, kept uh, Seattle at bay. And uh, from there, Edmonton just continued to build on their game. Like we've seen them do all year long, just, you know, getting better as, as games continue on. And uh, in the third or the second period, late in the second period, the academic scores that goal. And uh, the Oil Kings were off and running after that in the third period and uh, was a real polished effort from this group. Yeah, it. Uh, I got to admit, I, I didn't even realize. Was last night's game on TV? Because I saw tonight's game is on TSN3. I totally missed that somehow. Yeah, they're they're picking up the uh, the rest of the games. Uh, TSN is so games three through seven uh, should they be necessary will all be on uh, TSN, and uh, uh, that includes tonight as it's a double header night with the the Q playoffs going on right now. Okay, and what's going on in that series? Is that, is that uh, Shawinigan with a chance to win it? Uh, no, they're up two nothing in the series. I believe they're playing a, a best of seven in the Q final. They've been playing best of fives oh, all the way sorry. through, but uh, Sh- yeah, but Shawinigan is up two uh, zero in that series. And Xavier Borg, oh, the Oilers prospect boy, he is. Rolling along. I, last I looked, though, they were down 4-3, but he had two goals and an assist for Shawinigan. Yeah, 4-4 four, four now. Okay, sorry, I thought they were all oh. best of five, so I, I didn't realize that. My bad. Okay. Uh, all right, so, you know, just give me the, the sense here. I mean, huge opportunity for the Oil Kings to, to go up 3-1 and then possibly end it Saturday. I, I know they're they're not thinking that far ahead, I'm sure, but, uh, I mean, they, they came out big to avoid that trip back to Winnipeg. They just seem like a group that knows exactly what's on the line and how to execute it. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right with that assessment, Reed. They, you know, it's, it's a credit to Brad Lauer and Luke Pierce, the coaching staff with this team. They, they've kept the, the focus pretty narrow for them. They, they just handle what's in front of them, and that is going to be game four here tonight. And should they win it, like you mentioned, I mean, you talk about advantage, Edmonton Oil Kings, you're up 3-1. And if Seattle wants to win this series, that means they're going to have to win three straight games at Rogers Place with, uh, you know, the 2-2-3 series format that we're playing with here. And, uh, Edmonton only has lost one game on home ice all playoff long. So, you know, it's it's a massive opportunity here for this team. I, I don't think they're thinking too much about, you know, closing it out on Saturday night. But uh, I, I do think that they are really dialed in for this one and uh, should be another fun one tonight in Seattle. All right, are they healthy? Uh, they are somewhat healthy. Dylan Gunther is going to sit this one out. Uh, the official word from the team is day-to-day he'll be uh, reevaluated uh, in Edmonton and uh, questionable for game five of the series. Okay, well, that's not good. But did, did, they, did they know what happened? Was there a specific play? Uh, he got uh, he got kind of tangled up in uh, the second period uh, last night and uh, wasn't able to return to the game. But, you know, interestingly enough, they, they lose Dylan Gunther. They didn't score finally to go up one nothing, And, you know, without one of their best forwards in the third period, they, they rattle off three goals. So, you know, that just speaks to the Oil Kings. They're a team that has been predicated on one player all year long. It's been a, a group effort, and we saw the group shine through last night, and they'll have to do that again here tonight. Okay, so and you're in the arena. You're, of course, you're not actually on top of the space deal. You're in the arena that's going to get taken over by high school grads. Describe that arena to me. And is, is it like what was the attendance? Is it was it well attended? 
Yeah, last night uh, it was uh, completely sold out. It holds just over 6,000 people, and they were in here early. Uh, they had what's called a two-for-one Tuesday special. So tickets were two-for-one, and you could get a $2 beer as well. So uh, that, <laughs> that certainly created quite the atmosphere oh, here in Seattle. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a really good crowd. We're expecting it again here tonight because this, no matter what, is going to be Seattle's final game uh, here at the Showworth Center, and uh, the fans are going to be revved up and, and ready to go. I, I wish I'd known that was the promotion. I could have traveled down in time yesterday once the Oilers were limited. <laughs> and when do you guys fly home? Uh, the team will fly home tomorrow morning. Okay. Well, we wish you a great call tonight. We wish the Oil Kings a great game, Andrew, and uh, hopefully they'll have a chance to wrap it up at home on Saturday night. Thanks for checking in right before your show, buddy. I really appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. Anytime, Reed. Andrew Peard, play-by-play voice on oilkings.ca, joining us on Inside Sports. That game starts at uh, just after 8. Again, it is on TSN3, so you can watch the Oil Kings or, or listen to Andrew through their website or try to sync it up. That would be fun as well. Uh, so no Dylan Gunther tonight for the Oil Kings. So that's a loss, uh, one of their top goal scorers, but still excellent team in, the, in a very good position in that series. Uh, thanks to Andrew for checking in right before the show. Kellen, did we have, uh, did we have somebody on hold or is he gone? He's gone. Okay, sorry about that. Whoever called in, we had to we had to get to Andrew there right before he had to go on air. So sorry if I uh, if I missed you. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the uh, open line number. Uh, we'll still get to a couple more clips from Ken Holland today from his year end media availability. He's going to meet with Jay Woodcroft early next week to discuss Woodcroft's future. I, I would assume Woodcroft will return as the head coach. You can get more on some of the key decisions Holland is facing on globalnews.ca, 630shed.com. I posted a story there earlier today. Elks getting ready to go. Manny Arsenault from their receiving core. We'll check in when we bring you back after the news and weather. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.